after that, it got pretty late, and we both had to go. But it was great seeing Annie again. I, I realized what a terrific person she was, and and how much fun it was just knowing her. And I, I thought of that old joke, you know, the this this guy goes to a psychiatrist and says, Doc, uh, my brother's crazy. He thinks he's a chicken. And uh, the doctor says, Well, why don't you turn him in? And the guy says, I would, but I need the eggs. Well. I guess that's pretty much now how I feel about relationships. You know, they're totally irrational and crazy and absurd. And but uh, I guess we keep going through it because uh, most of us need the eggs. You for low. The Oscar season is past. The ballots are over and gone. The flowers appear on the earth. The time of the singing birds is come, and the voice of the berry <laughs> is heard in our land. Man, th that might be the best intro yet. It's a little poem that I wrote. I basically just ripped off Voice of the Turtle and analysisized it. But Barry, <laughs> welcome back to the conversation, buddy. Yeah, thanks, man. Thanks for having me. It's uh, there, There's definitely been some uh, developments since I've been gone. So. There's been some developments, of course, yes. So we've beaten the Oscar thing to death. Ballots are done. I did lose for anybody that was waiting at the end of their seat to see who won the and lost the Oscar bet. I unfortunately had Kerry Mulligan and Francis McDormand swung it to Matt's favor. So if you're following what the Oscar bet is this year, that will be unfortunately me doing the act. So with that said, back to our regular scheduled programming of movies people watch. Yeah, what did, so, what did you think of uh, the way that this like last slot just seems to keep? There just seems to be this yeah, they can't get, last yeah. slot. Like it seemed like they set it up as if they yeah. thought Tabrook was gonna win, so that they could, yeah. Well, I think it proves that obviously they really big. don't like, know. Yeah. I mean, I think even Anthony Hopkins is going, oh man. But I, uh, I, I mean, I think they need to rework the whole thing. I, I've got a, a a lot of thoughts, but I don't want to to bog this show down. Yeah, and, yeah, absolutely. Uh, I, th I mean, H Hopkins was great this year, and you know, mm -hmm. he's one of the best actors of the last seventy years, and it's probably one of his best performances. So I, it's true. not crazy, but also just was a weird way to end the show. It's just on a still <laughs> frame of Anthony Hopkins' face. <laughs> With that said, Barry, you're back because there have been so many developments, like you said, in the world of superheroes, and you're our superhero correspondent. So we've, since the last time we talked, the final episodes of WandaVision have come out. The Falcon and Winter Soldier have come out. Lots of things happening in the pipeline and setting up the next phase of Marvel in general. Yeah, lots of theme parks, as uh, Scorsese would say. Yes, yes. He doesn't believe that superhero movies are film. He believes them to be theme parks. Or, or cinema, I think. Is... Yeah, cinema, excuse me. Yeah, The semantics argument, I guess we can call it. But with that said, Barry, I'm seeking to understand because I'm way behind on this stuff. <laughs> and... Where we used to praise these movies, you know, the Marvel Cinematic Universe especially, for, you know, you could kind of parachute in at any given time and still enjoy the movie. The more time goes on and the more this universe becomes expanded and denser with the television programming now, the more I worry that I'm missing out 
Mm. And that the next time that the next phase of this, I'm, I'm going to get more and more lost in reference level. So just kind of give me a state of the state. What's happening right now and why do you think it's important? Okay. Um, do we want to talk about like in general or do you want to zero in on Marvel right now or? Yeah. Give me, give me a, an overview, right? Give me an overview yeah. of the superheroes and then we can, yeah, we don't, we don't have, there's, 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 there's some hits and there's some misses, so we don't have to spend too much time on a lot of the other stuff. But um, uh, yeah, uh, HBO Max has been releasing a lot of, a lot of interesting content. Um, we had the, the Snyder Cut of a film oh, that, yeah. that was reviewed on, on this show, actually. The original 2017 Justice League has been reworked it is it is a different it is definitely a different movie like you i can i can give them that credit it is a different movie it completes the story that they were beginning and with these first two films in a way that the last film didn't um i don't know if i can like necessarily say it's a good movie um there were some there were some visually stunning scenes like Zack snyder's always been a visually good filmmaker but i mean i think the episodic format of it did service it well but at the same time it's like i can't really credit that because it was made to be a film that was yeah. gonna be in theater so i would challenge anyone that tells me they don't have time for the irishman <laughs> but then also recommends me to sit down and watch the Zack snyder cut of justice league yeah yeah i mean walk me was... through that logic everybody <laughs> that's sort of the thing about it. It's like, if it's not something, it's not an endeavor that you're going to make time for unless you like want to, yeah. unless you either really want to see it or you really want to trash Zack Snyder. And I mean, if you have four hours to give to, to the second cause, then I guess that says something about who you are, but uh yeah, it's not really, it's it's like if your curiosity isn't already there, I don't really know what there is to say to pull you in other than that, like, yeah, they finished the story. And it, it, it was just such a, such a troubled project, that Justice League movie in general, just every, and like the after, like the fallout is still being felt with this like Ray Fisher situation. So it's, I guess it's, I guess it's good that it's like over now hopefully, or yeah. on its way to being over. So, yeah, I mean, and at the same time, like, it is it is also completing uh, a director's vision. And we've talked about how it's like, how like the word reshoot is always mm -hmm. like, a, like, a, like a red flag because it means like the studio got involved and something got screwed up. And then you typically end up with a Frankenstein film, which is what the 2017 Justice League was. So at yeah. least this isn't that. Well, and you, I, I even think back to when Robert Yeoman, who is the cinematographer for the Wes Anderson movies, came on, and he talked about his experience working on indies versus working on something like that all-female Ghostbusters. Mm -hmm. And he said, Ghostb mm. Ghostbusters sucks to work on because there's marketing people in the room, and there's studio people in the room, and there's all these other chiefs that are trying to make decisions and he's like that's just not the way to collaborate versus something like a Noah Baumbach movie or a Wes Anderson and it's film creators and it's the the sole intent is to make the best story and tell the the cleanest story and and that always is in play with the uh, these are 
mega million dollar corporations, these film franchises. So I understand where there's a lot at stake here, but it also, when it goes wrong, it's that Frankenstein that you're talking about, Barry. And I, I, I understand it. And I just personally, this is a weird feeling that I have because I'm not going to go back and watch the Snyder. Someone actually texts me directly. Jamie Baker, who's a regular listener of this program and, and loves you, Barry, is a big... Oh, what up, Jamie? Go, uh, Jeremy. Jeremy, uh, my bad. Yeah, he's a, big, he's a big superhero guy, but he texts me, he's like, do you see the Snyder? I think it's one of the best movies I've ever seen in my life. Are you going to watch the Zack Snyder cut? I'm like, no. <laughs> but with that said... It's this situation, and I'm going to steal yeah. a Woody Allen line. At the end of Annie Hall, he tells this joke, and he says, it's like this old joke where my brother comes to me, or comes to the psychologist, and he goes, you got to help me. My brother keeps saying that uh, he's a chicken. And then I'm bastardizing this, but the... Uh, you know, the, it's incredibly crazy. He thinks he's a chicken. And the psychologist goes, well, why don't you tell him that he's not a chicken? And he goes, because I need the eggs. And he goes, that's what relationships are. They're this incredibly crazy, nonsensical thing, but we keep <laughs> going through them because we need the eggs. Yeah. And with this new Batman, the Robert Pattinson Batman that's coming out, I need the eggs. Like, I'm still excited for a seventh reboot in my life <laughs> of Batman. And I'm here for it, you know? So it's this yeah. weird relationship I have to comic book movies. Yeah, you've got the, your staple characters that people are going to come see. And like Batman's one of the, like even before this whole comic book movie became a thing, there were Batman movies, so. Yeah, oh, we, we, me and you did a whole conversation on Batman and yeah. film and television, yeah. so. All right, so Zack Snyder cut, you saw it, you thought it was at least, I mean, for someone who's a big film, or a big comic book film fan, it, it was worth your time. I, I honestly won't be watching it. I, I also am not a Zack Snyder fan. And yeah. I, I don't care enough about him. I don't loathe him enough to spend four hours just <laughs> shaking my fist at my flat screen. So let's get into some of the Marvel stuff, man. What's happened? What's the state of the state with the Marvel? Yeah, Marvel is doing some really nice work. Um, we, 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 last time I was here, we were talking about WandaVision. No, I, that wasn't yeah. the last, but... Not the last, last, last time, uh, but we were talking about WandaVision. The last comic book sort of thing was WandaVision. And yeah, WandaVision has has come and gone, kind of like that poem you were just saying, uh, saying at the beginning of the show. But um, yeah, we've also now um, started and finished uh, Falcon and the Winter Soldier, which um, if anyone listening has seen my cartoon... Yeah, uh, is you can probably know that this was something that I definitely had my eye on, and the way that it ended up playing out ended up being very fulfilling for me. And yeah, it was a lot of fun. It was it was it was definitely something that I would highly recommend. So I'm just started that. I'm two episodes in. I can okay. I think I can tell just by basic story structure, mm -hmm. him giving up the shield and putting it in some sort of museum to captain america and not feeling worthy enough to carry the shield i just know how stories go i think i know how the series is going to end but yeah. I, I haven't got there yet yeah and i mean they've they've there's been a lot of press around what you are alluding to yeah. and <laughs> i mean i'm just for just for the sake of not spoiling i'm not going to spoil it but we 
we see where it's going. And actually, just to just to like go back to sort of what you were saying about the sort of concern you had about kind of like getting left behind with a lot of this like kind of I don't want to call it bonus material because I feel like that sort of cheapens mm-hmm. the the quality of of because the production quality is very high. Still. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But but I think that like what's what's kind of cool at least about this story i think maybe wandavision i don't know how it's gonna affect i don't know how wandavision is gonna affect the larger universe moving forward we have yet to see how those things sort of get affected but i feel like this story while i while i just a few seconds ago was was recommending it i also think it's something that the greater cinematic universe can sort of you can sort of move through and i think when we pick up more movies like i think even potentially the next captain america movie you might not necessarily need to have seen falcon and winter soldier but it does explore um both of those characters actually very well and it gives it gives two characters who were kind of like b-level characters in that greater franchise they were kind of steve's not sidekicks but they were like steve's buddies in Mm -hmm. the captain america movies and it gives it fleshes out both of their characters a lot we see uh bucky sort of making amends he's now been fully deprogrammed from all of the killing that he's done but now he has to sort of make amends with it because he still remembers everything and sort of explores with like trauma and like self-worth and the stuff that they do with Bucky is really nice and then with with Sam there's also a lot of I mean we definitely mentioned worth and mm-hmm. and I think that's sort of it actually kind of goes into why because if you you juxtapose Sam with um at the end of the first episode this isn't a spoiler since you've seen the first yeah. episodes um we get a new Captain America and this new Captain America, John Walker, sort of, we're going to see how he kind of feels entitled to the role because it's been bequeathed to him. Whereas Sam feels like it's, he's like, he, like he's unsure if he's worth, if, if he's worthy of the role. And that kind of explains why Sam is actually the right choice. Mm-hmm. That's and, a great point. And, and you sort of see that exploration. And I really think that like, it, it sort of made me think about the Marvels, all of the characters that we've seen in the cinematic universe. And, and it's been a, a big critique of the franchises that has, has been that it's like too hero heavy and that they, and that like they don't, but there have been the, the villains that really work, the villains that stick around for multiple movies are around for multiple movies because they end up being really compelling. And I think that sort of what this series really explored is that kind of the difference between the villains and the heroes in the in these in these stories. It's they all happen to be uh, characters that are either gifted in some way or inherit some sort of power or they have like access to some sort of technology, but they you like the the divide between the hero and the villains the heroes and the villains are the true heroes are 
seeking to use their power for the good of the community or for the good of the universe or for the good of the planet. Whereas the, the villains end up sort of becoming self-absorbed and want to gain for themselves. And that ends yeah. up sort of being their sort of like downfall. And this show really sort of fleshes that out a lot. It's really interesting. I've read a couple books recently that talk about that theme. There's a, a great book that I read called So Good They Can't Ignore You, but it talks about having a craftsman's mindset versus a passion mindset. And a passion mm. mindset is very much like, what what can this thing do for me mm -hmm. versus a craftsman's mindset, which mm -hmm. is, you know, what can I do to the craft? And it's very process focused versus outcome focused. So one is, you know, very much like what's, what's the outcome going to be versus, you know, how can I devote myself to a process? And, but it is very much like, what can I give to the world versus what is the world giving to me? Right. Yeah. And so, yeah, I, I think that's really interesting that you say that's the difference between a hero and a villain. Yeah. I mean, if you, if you look at sort of, the characters in or at least the iterations of the characters as they exist in these movies that's kind of if that's kind of the difference between between them yeah. and i mean you have the characters who will sort of ride the fence and i actually think that like um the the flag smasher character carly is a good example of someone who sort of really toes that line where um, you'll sort of see like her doing these these questionable acts and there's definitely a lot of violence and even gets out of hand in some cases. But her aim is really to address this like issue, which is a lack of resources, which is sort of making the making the stakes of Infinity War and Endgame that much more like the fallout of that mean actually means something because what has sort of happened is that in as as we saw in infinity war and endgame half of the universe got blipped away and then five years later they all came back and while the world had sort of adapted to this half existence mm -hmm. and all of a sudden there all of a sudden the the population goes down by half which means we now have twice as many resources for everyone. And the way that sort of people were kind of happy with the way things were, that yeah. now all of a sudden all of these people come back and sort of the disenfranchisement that comes with that. And you see how Carly is actually, her, her motives are for these people that have been affected by that. And it really makes her not necessarily a card carrying villain. And you see how Sam even wants to like, appeal to her throughout. I hope this isn't spoiling too much. I, I think know. you're doing fine. No, I think it's also, we talked about this when we were doing the first few episodes of WandaVision, but we do like that they're able to take some time and, and probe into the human elements of some of these stories. And also that we're taking time to talk about the fallout during a major story plot point, if you're looking at all of this as, as one giant story, of half the population going away for five years. And both 
WandaVision has a character who was gone and then reappears and what that impact was like in that character. And obviously you've got characters on the other side in this show who were here for that time and have a different perspective, but you have this major thing that happens and taking some time to understand what the impact was is important. We I also talked about this a little bit on the Kong vs. Godzilla podcast, actually, of just movies becoming more and more labeling the human impact of some of this destruction, yeah. right? And, and and that happens a lot in, in Marvel. You've got Michael Keaton talking about you know, his impact and what the, the impact of the New York scene or the the new york event uh, had in his business right and there's yeah. just they're they, they get really clever with you know talking about how these huge moments in the universe affect everybody and it's and it's how i mean i imagine some there is some deliberateness in it but like it's also really a really cool to connect with something like that while sort of the real world is sort of reeling from a mm -hmm. catastrophic previous year and sort of recovering from that. And there's definitely like parallels that can be drawn between what's happening in the Marvel Cinematic Universe and what's like happening in real life. Do you think that's intentional or do you think that's just... I think, I think that I don't, I, I don't know how like strategically like intentional it was i think they just you know these are all real people that make these films and they all have to go home and they we're all going through this too so i think it's just it's kind of hard not to you know get drawn from life while you're making this yeah. art i guess yeah so yeah I, I i guess we'll we'll bring it back around to there's these two major shows for me and I'm a movie turd. So I'm going to try to keep up with the Joneses at least. And I'm mm -hmm. going to try to get the content done. And obviously it's taken me a while. It took me a lot longer to watch WandaVision than it took probably the, the fans of the show. And it's obviously winter soldiers done and the, where I'm sitting at right now, I'm two episodes in, but it's, I just, I, I really hope that there's not going to be a day where there's just all these different things that I need to keep up with and it feels like homework watching. And I did get that feeling in Endgame because I, I didn't watch the Cumberbatch. I didn't watch the Doctor Strange. Mm -hmm. And so I just, that whole storyline and all the different ways that he fits into the universe, I just didn't understand. And I just, that was the beginning of me going, uh-oh, if I fall off a little bit, then these movies I can still watch, but I'm going to get 70% of the movie. And so it's like, man, there's TV shows coming out and there's all this stuff. And I'm like, I'm hoping I'm going to be able to, to, to stay on the ride here. Yeah. I mean, I definitely, I definitely get that. Um, and I definitely get the, I feel like, I feel like Dr. Strange, the mystique around Dr. Strange is just sort of an element of that character that, cause I mean, I, I had, I sort of had that feeling because I hadn't seen, I think I saw Doctor Strange before Endgame, but like I had seen two Doctor Strange movies before seeing the Doctor Strange like solo origin story. And I mean, it, it, you, you just sort of, 
kind yeah. of, I mean, you don't know how necessarily he became as powerful as it is, but you kind of just, I don't know that, I don't, I mean, mm-hmm. I don't know that like the scene, I don't know that seeing the Doctor Strange solo movie is going to do a whole lot for you. Okay. But uh, just just in general, that was the beginning of a feeling, at least. And so I was yeah. like, well, OK, if I miss that and that's the feeling I got, what happens if I miss a whole eight hour television arc of Winter Soldier and Falcon, you know, or mm-hmm. something like that. So at least for for people that are that, that might be casual to it, which there's not a ton of us that are casual Marvel <laughs> people, but it's. I, I wonder how that's going to have an impact. I, I don't need to ask you necessarily what was your favorite between these two shows. I just know that you're going to be much more into the Falcon and Winter Soldier. But is there anything coming up that you're most excited for? Um, well, yeah. I mean, I can speak and say that, like, I think WandaVision has a had a mystique about it that will... I don't know if you can ever like replicate that in television in general. I I think just the way that that show just had everyone just guessing what was going to happen next was just uncanny. Um, But with that said, I mean, I mean, Falcon and Winter Soldier just, just hit, just, I'm, I'm sitting right at the, the, the bullseye of the target audience and just the, the, I, I feel like it sort of, I know that I know they weren't, but it almost feel like they were listening to like every episode of this podcast that I've done. They were, like, you know what? Rest. They were. I'm, I mean, who knows? They, <laughs> they, cause, cause like there's this character, um, Isaiah Bradley, who they explore in uh, Falcon and Winter Soldier. He was, he's a character from the comic books. He's actually like, there's a comic book called Truth, Red, White, and Black, where you find out that like, the original Captain America before Steve Rogers was actually a black man. And they were like testing super, the super soldier serum on, on um, black patients and um, kind of like mirroring um, an, an actual real life, the Tuskegee experiments. Which oh yeah. yeah Tuskegee. Real, mm-hmm. real, real thing. Um, but there's a character, Isaiah Bradley, who was like the, the lone survivor of these super soldier serum experiments. And, um, was actually the first black Captain America in Marvel Comics. They sort of changed his story a little bit so that he actually was after Steve Rogers in the movies and he like was was active during the Korean War. And he actually, I think he, I think they allude to like him actually ripping off Bucky's arm. Oh, okay. Um, so yeah, they, they definitely allude that like he and Bucky have met in battle and that like Isaiah won. But the, with that character, they sort of explore what, like the the experience for black uh, GIs was when they because it sort of explores how he sort of Isaiah Bradley essentially comes home and is treated like shit and is experimented on to know more about the super soldier serum and like doesn't get like gives his life over to this country and is just treated like shit and so like that theme which we have a whole five the five bloods episode about mm-hmm. like that got pulled into it. And obviously, like, my cartoon picture is wearing a fucking Captain America <laughs> sweatshirt. So seeing, without, without alluding to too much, you're going to see Anthony Mackie hold the shield. That's yeah, all yeah, I'm yeah. going to say. You're going to see him hold the shield again. So that was really cool to see. And, yeah, I just, I, I just thought it was very, it, it was a lot more socially relevant than okay. 
and they're adding in some star power. I saw a post that you had put up that Julie Louis Dreyfus makes an appearance. So interested to see where she comes she into play. But anything you have to say on that? Yeah, she was actually supposed to. I don't know if they're still going to do it. Um, Black Widow is is now slated to come out on Disney Plus as well as in theaters. Julie, Julia Louis Dreyfus was supposed to have a cameo in Black Widow. And I'm thinking in this like new phase of film, she's kind of going, well, her character actually in the comic books, her character is like, at one point was like a agent of Hydra and was like a double agent for S.H.I.E.L.D. and was like a love interest of Nick Fury. Oh, wow. So um, that's a that's a scene I need to see. That's yeah, that's a Samuel L. Jackson, Julia Louis Dreyfus romantic dinner and romance scene that's what i, I need think i definitely i will for sure what i think and they listen to us so they're we're gonna get it because they're listening to this podcast so they're like okay well that i mean there's gonna be, be some be. sort of there there's gonna be i think they're gonna start with like she's just gonna pop up sort of like nick fury did in other people's movies and i think she's going to round up some sort of team whether it's a good team or a bad team has yet to be seen but I think she's going to gather some sort of team a la Nick Fury and okay. the Avengers. And then we'll probably get some, I, I don't think they would do, I don't think, I think it'll, I think they'll make us wait for it. I think yeah. we'll get Julie, Julia Louis-Dreyfus to build this team. But then I think we're going to get some sort of like interaction as exes between Samuel L. Jackson. And That's awesome. And I'm, I'm totally here for it. And then finally, there's has to be some sort of movie where Julia Louis Dreyfus and her evil team meets Viola Davis and her evil team, it's, and there's chaos. Yeah, there's suicide. been some. There's got to be some sort of some Suicide Squad com <laughs> comparison. I mean, we'll oh, see. it's funny. We'll see. Suicide huh. Squad was so bad. Cool. Uh, all right, man. Well, I uh, appreciate you coming on. Speaking of suicide, that's another thing coming up. They're doing some sort of new Pete Davidson suicide squad, but yeah. Idris Elba replacing Will Smith and, yeah. and whatnot, but maybe for another podcast. I uh, appreciate you coming on, buddy, and, and giving me a state of the state and always love your perspective and you know, is you're you're living in your time, man. There's there's a <laughs> bottomless content of superheroes so I thanks mean, for keeping me it, in the loop some of it is not great though mortal kombat mortal kombat yeah but we'll <laughs> we'll do that conversation a different time but thanks everybody for listening thanks barry for coming on don't forget to like and subscribe wash your hands stay safe get vaccinated get vaccinated team pfizer <laughs> and we will see you down the road see ya